Hello, coffee lovers, and welcome to the God Country Live Video Podcast. Every every Friday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard. I don't know. Okay, I don't know what's going on. We're having technical difficulties already. Uh, I've only done this like 200 times, and for whatever reason, it just. Oh, I know what's happening. Okay, timeout. Timeout. I know exactly what's happening. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let me let me turn off the. Boom. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, sorry, technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, yeah, it, it's like a circus. What's up, Mark? Uh, so I usually need like uh, like ten laptops and five computers, and I don't know what else. But it's 1900. It's time for God Country Coffee. Welcome to the show. We have a guest live in the studio. As you can see my co-host Connie uh, again, and I think she's going to be a staple. Um, and uh, so a couple of, of housekeeping items. The new website is kind of up. It, it's actually up. You can order coffee from it. Uh, it's streaming across the bottom of the screen, uh, thirdddcs.com. Um, and so you can go to the new site and please look around, put stuff in the cart. Uh, you, you can still buy from the old site because everything's not on the new site but I am working on it daily to get all the options so you can do all the uh, whatever size of coffee you want to buy and then monthly subscriptions. So we're getting all that stuff squared away. Uh, and then uh, Ginger and David with Really Designs, uh, when you click on the coffee cups that say, I need more Jesus to deal with people that need more coffee, coffee anyone, coffee mugs, uh, it will send you straight to my partner page on Really Designs website, and you can purchase them there, and they'll drop ship them directly. Because I don't, we had an event and I sold out. I don't have a single cup left in the building, uh, which is a good problem to have. Uh, also, my new Facebook page it's called Fat Two I M Twenty Three, and there's a fundraiser on there, and I am trying to raise some funds for uh, the equipment stuff that I didn't even think I was going to need, but apparently it's all a thing. And I am working out four or five times a week right now. I have a coach um, who uh, has been doing Ironman since 1990. And the hashtag anything is possible is the Ironman hashtag. And so we are trying to get sponsors. And we actually have a couple that are really excited about what we have to nail down all the all the particulars first before we actually announce them. So we, we have some great sponsors coming. Anyway, that's all we have for Third Day Coffee Seguin. Uh, you can still go to the original site at thirddaycoffeeseguin.com. Why won't it let me share this? Um, it depends on which one on you're on, Mark. It should let you, um, if you're not on the God Country Coffee Facebook page, uh, try my personal page or vice versa. So they, they, um, they should be, one of them should allow you to share the, the, um, the deal. So anyway, without any further ado, our, our guest tonight is Jennifer Conger and I'm going to let her, uh, talk about, uh, introduce herself, where she's from and just tell us a little bit about, um, how you got into the field, what, what your field is. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna let Connie cause Connie knows the field a lot better than I do. Well, just to interrupt, you were talking about the Ironman. Aren't you about to do a... Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a triathlon in May 30th. So it was something I wanted to do after having uh, my baby. It was a way to say, okay, I'll lose the weight and go back to my normal weight. So I have a couple more months. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be in Austin. That's not something I was yeah. thinking about doing when I just had a baby <laughs> at all. But then again, I was 20 years younger than you are right now. True, so true. Yeah, so I was excited. I couldn't wait. Yeah, because that I, I really like deadlines. So if I put a deadline, like by May thirtieth, I'll be back at my target. Because a lot of people say, "Oh, it fluctuates. It takes a long time to lose weight." And I just I wanted to have an end date. So for me, May thirtieth. Yeah. You know, so at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah, I'm excited. excited. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm Jennifer Conger, and I'm originally from born in Dallas, 
and was raised in Virginia, uh, Woodbridge, Virginia area, some of my childhood. And then we moved back to Austin when I was like in middle school and I was raised in Austin, went to Texas State and then went to California State to study communications. And I've always really loved communications because it seems like since I was a little girl, I was always translating for people or helping people, whether it was my mom or the ESL student who we didn't have a really good ESL program in Virginia. And I can remember being maybe eight years old and translating for a kid from Honduras. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, I just, I love communication. So I fell in love with writing and that field. So I went on to get my master's in California. Awesome. And so you work for Comal County? Yes. Comal County. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to let you, because she knows your whole story. <laughs> well, and how did you, so tell us about after graduation, what did you aspire to? What did, uh, where did you work? Where did your career kind of take you? So after my master's in, well, I had thought I finished my master's. Um, I took all my comprehensive exams and I went and worked for an entertainment agency. It's pretty famous. Um, it's named Creative Artist Agency. I thought maybe I wanted to be an agent that represented artists and quickly being in the, the public uh the public relations department, I realized I really don't want to be in this field whatsoever. It was just really doggy dog. Just entertainment or just public relations in general? Both, both entertainment and because that's rough. Yeah, it was rough. It was it, they called the place I sat. They called that hallway the mean girls alley. Oh, nice. And I thought, great, I'm going to be working here. Wonderful. So um, anyway, after a, I think it was three years in entertainment uh, for a production company, a management company, then I decided to come home to Texas because my dad needed my help because it was the 2000, it was right after 2008 crisis, more or less. So we were in construction and he was suffering. So I know construction very well. So I came back to help with that and I didn't, I didn't leave until another five years. And then I, I went back to California to finish my my degree and I was working again in development while I was finishing my degree because I had one class pending. Um, and so I worked in development for a company named Westfield. They have really a lot of pretty malls and I was helping in contract management and then freelance. And then after I graduated, then I started to do freelance communication just for several um, clients or content writing. There was a, a website, a website I created for a construction company. And then um, it led me to, I had a like a two month break and I, or it was a three month break between jobs. And so I had decided to go to Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan to visit two of my friends, two of my friends I knew from Los Angeles and from Texas. And one lived in Kazakhstan, one lived in, in Uzbekistan. And I had always promised them I would go. They came to my house in Mexico. They came to my house in Texas when I lived in California. So I said, yeah, what's, what's the big deal? I'll go. So I only went for 10 days in both countries and it was amazing. I had such a great time that I fell in love with the people of Uzbekistan and I was offered um, in this little remote village of Andijan, I was offered a job to teach English. And I had heard about people do this all the time. Like they go to China, they go to places and they're paid well, but it seemed like that was more during the university time. Well, I didn't have any free time really to ever do that. It, I was always helping you know, my family or doing work and studying. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to check that off my my list and so I went again I came back to Los Angeles and because I, I was living there at the time and prepared everything and I said okay so I'm gonna leave for about two months I'll be good and got my visa got everything and then I got over to Uzbekistan on March 3rd of 2020. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's crazy what were your friends doing there? They're, they're from there. So one is oh, from Tashkent okay. proper. He's a Uzbek um, citizen. And the other one is from Almaty and she's from there too. But they wow. came to America for school and then okay. they went back. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That I always tell her, you never know who you're going to meet or what you're going to say to somebody that will play a part mm -hmm. in your life later. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and they kept saying, come visit, come visit. But I would always go somewhere else. Or, yeah, sure. I'll come visit one day. I'll come visit one day. And then finally that day I said, you know what? I don't have any plans. The flights are cheap. Every, the dollar is good over there. I'm going to go. 
And so, and I did, and like I said, I had a wonderful time. Um, the only thing was the timing, right? Like I went back. <laughs> we didn't know. Well, we, well, hold up. So my dad, he's an alarmist. Every time I go somewhere, he's like, you know, the, the we're at war right now and they're going to kidnap you and this and that. He would always, <laughs> so everywhere I would ever go, I remember we went to New York like, right is after 9-11. No, no. Hi, dad. Yeah, <laughs> he will be. He will be. So hi, dad. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for I all the warning. I need to have coffee with him because he <laughs> yeah. sounds like me. Every trip I would go on, you know, we, you know, oh, 9-11 or this and that. I mean, it was always a story like that. So when I was about to leave L.A. to go to Uzbekistan, he goes, you know, there's this thing called coronavirus. You really shouldn't go. They're going to shut down. I go, they're not going to shut down the world <laughs> for some stupid flu or whatever, Dad. You're crazy. And that's what he says every time I go out of, out of the country. <laughs> and so later, you know, 12 days later, I would find out how right he was, you know, so that was crazy and i thought that was that yeah that did you go, i didn't believe oh, it Should've okay did you panic no like, tell me what happened so okay so i get there march 3rd and i should have known because when when we were about to deplane there were medics there and they came on board and that didn't happen when i had previously visited and they came on board and said does anyone have a fever and no is anybody sick no and so then they had this thing to gauge our fever or see if we had a fever and they checked everyone and everyone seemed okay so we were cleared to deplane and i thought hmm that's kind of weird <laughs> so i said whatever i'll be positive it's just it's no big deal because we're closer to china that's why oh. because it had originally come from uh -huh. china so i thought no big deal they're just a little alarmed so then we get there and I drive to my town of Andijan, which is like a five hour drive from the capital. And so I get into the place where I'm going to stay and I have a roommate and they tell me, OK, you're going to start uh, teaching in about a week and a half. You have a week and a half. So, OK, great. I decompress. I'll find out where the gym is, you know, get a, my bearings. And so that's what I was doing, having fun, going to meet friends, going to restaurants. Um, and then I uh, March 14th, I get a text. And it says, you know, all flights, uh, the border's closed, all flights out, you know, have already left. Contact your embassy if you need help with anything. But that's it. <laughs> and I thought, what? Is this real? <laughs> and so I, and I was looking, my roommate was Russian and he had just got it, but in Russian, you know, and so for about Russia. And so he's like, well, I guess I can't go back to Russia now. And I'm like, what? So this is real. This is really real. This is happening. Right. And then I looked at the embassy and the State Department sent me an email saying the same thing. And I thought, Oh my God. And they said, we're going to work to see if we can get a plane out but, and we'll email you. So just keep looking at your email. And I said, Oh my God. Okay. So I guess I'm gonna have to do that. But how am I going to do it? Well, the thing was, they didn't, they didn't think. So my zone, you know how America shut down and like, you could still go travel. Right. You could travel to Dallas. Well, in Andy John, within 24 hours, the military rolled in with tanks, uh, AK-47s guarded each section. So my neighborhood, I could not leave my neighborhood. Nope. And if you wanted to leave the neighborhood, you had to have special permission. So the State Department says, we have a flight out March 20th. Great. I can't get five hours from there. Who am I going to get? Well, we don't know. Well, thanks a lot. You know, yeah. so I was like, well, I guess I'll just hang tight, you know, and I thought, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to ride it out. I was already planning to stay 60 days and you know, why not? Who knows? Just, yeah, I who mean, knows? Who Maybe they'll open up in a couple fine. of weeks, you know, and they didn't. And so two <laughs> months I'm like waiting and my flight's canceled, you know, and we still can't travel anywhere. So we're just in our little zone. And so that was kind of crazy because you're like, well, what am I going to do? I'm Were going... you working? No, because the school shut down. So the school shut down, but my roommate who was a Russian and he was working at a factory there. He said, Hey, if you're bored. And I was like, yes, I am. He's like, do you want to go to the factory with me and hang out? <laughs> he, we have good Wi-Fi Cause at the house we didn't have, we would have spotty Wi-Fi, you know? So I couldn't watch movies. I couldn't net Netflix and chill. Couldn't do any <laughs> of that, you know? So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. And so I would go to the factory with him every day and he would do his, you know, Russian work and getting the people in line to do a fabric, you know, fabrication of, they were t-shirts, right? So I was like, okay, but I would watch my movies. I would just write, I would email, I would call. And I said, okay, this isn't too bad, you know, but after- Like a weird vacation. Yeah, like a weird vacation, a really weird vacation. You know, and nobody yeah. spoke. Oh, nobody spoke. Not even my roommate. Like we were I was speaking, trying to speak Russian, remembering what some of the Russian words I had learned, you know, pointing out words, learning, trying to talk. But nobody spoke English. So it was a very wow. kind of isolated, but with people, you know, yeah. thing. So I was like, OK, this is kind of weird. So, yeah. And feeling trapped. Oh, feeling completely trapped. But what helped me 
was I had uh, the Russian friend. I had a, another, um, could, he was from Tajikistan. He was also trapped. So it was like, okay, well, I got friends that are trapped. So we're all trapped <laughs> together, buddies, you know, like, okay, at least we're all trapped. We can all hang out. We can all kind of laugh at the weird stuff of the Uzbek culture that we're not accustomed <clears throat> to. Cause it's, you know, it's, is, uh, Islam is the primary religion and that's not what I'm accustomed to. The men and women set, sit separately when they eat, you know, at lunch. Um, their companies feed them lunch. I'm like, well, that's nice. Why don't we do that? You know? <laughs> so, um, but it was just, it was really weird. Some of the, some of the things that they would do, you know, so we would just kind of laugh and be like, okay. And yeah. Wow. I was just going to ask like, how did, how does your faith play into that being in a country that is where Christianity, I mean, everything that I know about Islam mm -hmm. is that they want to kill us. Right. I know that's not, I know that's yeah. the radicals. I, of but I also know a little bit about the Quran. Yeah. And I know that they, some of it's pretty violent. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, what was that atmosphere, especially being a Christian? You know, to be honest, Uzbeks are very smart. They're, they're not, um, they're not so crazy zealots, you know, they're, they're more about, or extreme. They're not, they're more Sunni. And they, they wanted to know about Christianity. So they were curious, like, so what is it that you believe? So they were like, well, we, like, I would say Jesus. And they would say, well, I, we, we acknowledge Jesus in the Bible. And I'm like, well, but he's not your main guy. You got this guy named <laughs> Muhammad, you know? <laughs> right. And I said, look, Muhammad's cool for you guys. You got four or five wives if you want. But for us women, that didn't look so good. So I like Jesus. Baby <laughs> Jesus was just running around loving people. He didn't have five or 10 wives, you know? And so they would laugh at that and they would be like, okay, okay. And, you know, it's weird, but it it made my faith in God stronger because I'm very competitive. Of course, I'm American, a capitalist. right? Like you, you know, so, so they were praying every, four times a day and I would pray, but not like them. Right. But I would pray, you know, I'd say, oh, OK, you're going to talk to Muhammad. I'm going to talk to Jesus, you know. And so it strengthened my faith more. And it was nice because they're like, oh, you're going to pray, too. OK, well, do you need a room? Do you need a rug? And Oh, no, no, I can just do it right here. You know, I don't need any magical thing, you know. So they're like, OK. So they were really, they were really curious, you know, and yeah, kind of like Christians, like if you meet a, a diehard Christian, like, I know I, Christianity is the way, and Jesus is the way and everything's wrong. They, they, some of them, the older would kind of be like that about, you know, Muhammad's the way and you need to uh -huh. convert to be saved and this and that. But it wasn't, it was just, it, it, it was out of love. You know, I didn't feel like it was out of hate or dislike mm -hmm. or, oh, you're a heathen because you're American or, right. you know, so that was that was cool because it was really a lot of good conversations. And, um, you know, and, and then I would ask them, well, why can you have so you know, why is there so many wives or why is this or whatever was with their culture or the religion? And they would, you know, answer very curiously or they would ask me questions, too. And so the ones I could answer, I would, you know, so. Yeah, it was really I don't know. It was cool. They were really welcoming and. Would you do it again? Yeah, a hundred times, a hundred times over. It 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 showed me what I'm capable of because I don't think a lot of people would have been capable of going through that and being like, okay, well, I'm gonna find a job, you know, well, I'm gonna hang out in a factory with a friend, and then I'm gonna find a job in a shoe factory, and then I'm gonna find a job in a school, and just keep moving and progressing and work out and meet friends and try to make my life because my dad kept calling saying you know the spanish uh virus it was three years uh, you're looking at three years you might as well hunker down make a family get a get a get a job and you're gonna be there for three years and so you know and he would call like if he would just panic you know he would put me in panic mode and i'd be like mom you know then my mom would jump on the phone are you okay i'm like i was until i talked to him today you know talking about jihad and all these crazy things that are going to happen or could happen and how close i am in proximity to uh, to afghanistan and you know and they're not exactly friendly and so i would say mom please you know just tell him when he calls not to mention any of that you know yeah. just to talk to me and so she would always give me hope too because she's like i meet at jennifer if you if you really get fed up, you need to smug, be smuggled across the border. I come from people that know this very well. I'm from Mexico. We have this thing called coyote. Coyote, very good. There is Uzbek coyote. We just have to find Uzbek coyote to get you to Kazakhstan or Russia or whatever. We get you. Don't worry. And I just die laughing because I'm like, that's what I needed to hear. Just some hope, you know. So that, that was hilarious. That's uh, I met a guy who was a missionary in Russia. Mm -hmm. And he told me that the way he would, because I asked him, how do you go into a Muslim country and take our faith 
and try to present it to people who have grown up Muslim, not mm -hmm. Catholic, you know, not Christian, mm -hmm. not even probably not even a hint of it in some of those areas. Mm -hmm. And he said, you just tell everybody that, you know, you start the conversation with, well, we're all sons and daughters of Abraham because mm -hmm. they Abraham is their father, too. Mm -hmm. And so that that's how he would make that connection. And I don't know how they I don't know how they moved it, but it's really encouraging to hear what you said about how nobody was really trying to like, you know, convert, you know yeah, yeah, right, convert. militant, you know, yeah. you need a converter, you mm -hmm. know, we're going to, you know, chop your head off. Exactly. Or whatever. We don't really exactly. hear all the things about families and friendships and things like that. We no. hear about those people over there and yeah. how dangerous it is and right. they want to kill you. Mm -hmm. it, it's the, yeah, it's, it's not, not all, all like that. that. No. I know it's, I know there are places like that, right? but I know it's not <clears throat> all like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, I mean, God's, we're all God's people. The Bible says we're right. all sons and daughters. And so. So how long were you there? So I ended up staying uh, six months. Six months. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. But I did what my dad said. You know, I got I got a job. I, I found my PlayStation Cafe where I could go play Mortal Kombat video <laughs> games. I found a gym. So, so I didn't say anything about this, but in the, the promo picture, Jennifer, you can't see the whole shirt, but that's a Tupac shirt she's got on. It is. I don't have a way to. I wish I had a way to. To show that to picture. Show to show that picture. Oh, I do have a way to show that picture. I do. I do. Let's see. We're going to do this right here. Oh, and we're going to share the screen. And then we're going to go to... Well, while he looks for that... <clears throat> I'll do it like this. I think it's so on the So you laptop. were six months... And then you, how, how did you like, so here we uh, couldn't get water. We couldn't find sugar. We couldn't find flour. Toilet paper. We couldn't find toilet paper. For a respiratory virus. So did that oh happen? God. No, thank God Muslims don't use toilet paper. They oh, have bidets and yeah. the washer thing. So I had plenty of okay. toilet paper. I sent picture of me with just two cases of toilet paper in front of like a mountain of toilet paper. <laughs> and I sent it to my mom. I was like, we got to start an export business, you know, and she was laughing so hard. She's like, we can't find any of that anywhere. Yeah. And no, sh no real shortages because it was pretty controlled. It was pretty well controlled. Why do you um, think that is? Because a, a dick, uh, the, uh, the president is very um, strict Oh. You know, compared to ours, where we have a lot of free will and a lot, we don't fear our government as much and we do have freedom of speech and they do not. So whatever he says is you law within. Yeah, you do it. Wow. And so, you know, only buy two things of toilet paper, only buy two things, whatever it was, he would say they would follow. So I was like, OK, well, this is a good place to be You know, during the <laughs> pandemic. At least I have toilet paper. Find you all know? the stuff. Mm -hmm. But talking about that shirt, I, what was funny, so a lot of the women in the, the remote area I lived, the capital's different. It's like, it's more progressive. But where I lived, it was very remote and a lot of women covered up and they really wouldn't go to the places mm -hmm. unaccompanied without a man or another elder woman. It's and so, so, and here I would be jogging by myself with an iPod, like wearing Adidas pants and like a Tupac shirt, you know, and they would just kind of look at me like, who are you? What are you? You know, and they probably thought I was just some crazy Russian because <laughs> they have plenty of Russians there, you know, so they're like, ah, this crazy Russian. But just things like that. Or I would I would grab, uh, you know, when I first got there, no one told me don't don't shake their hand. Don't man and man touch. But man and woman do not touch. Well, I didn't know that. So I'm over there giving handshake. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah. OK, so now I'm going to share that and then we'll go over here there. Yeah. So in that shirt, I was running and they yes. were just looking at me like, who is this crazy one? Or is she running from something? Because it's not really a, a thing that they do. Right. So here I am running. They're like, what is she running from? <laughs> Where is she coming out of it? You know, and then after a while, they got used to me and said, OK, here she comes again. You know, but 
Yeah. And yeah, handshakes, uh, you know, aren't appropriate between man and woman. And in the beginning, I would, you know, give everyone handshake and you could tell they would they would do it out of respect. But they were like, oh, that's not right. You know, so. I wonder who I can't see who um, if you're watching and you just logged on to the video from either my Facebook page or the God Country Coffee at the very top, it says that you have to give StreamYard permission. You're not signing your life away. All you're doing is giving them permission to use your name because uh, otherwise it comes up as Facebook user. But I'm looking at a bunch of places and I want to see who who just said uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, finish him. <laughs> That's, That's uh, right. That's right. So you never got an opportunity to teach over there, did you? No. No, I did not. Because right as I was about to leave again, I was ready and I had students that were going to privately come to me and I was going to tutor them because you couldn't go to the school. Mm -hmm. So I had to find another way. Right. So um, right as I was about to do that, I found out there was a flight and I could get out, you know, so I said, okay, yeah. And I was out. I was like, okay. I mean, I, but it was, you know, it was bittersweet. I was so happy to come back home. Right. Cause that was my life. But I had made a little home there and I only had 48 hours to say goodbye. So I was like crying all over the place, just like telling everyone, I'm going to miss you. Come meet this. I have a gift for you. Or, you know, trying to see everybody I had met um, because it was such great. Jennifer Frank- Franklin. Is oh, that yes. one of y'all's yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good game, <laughs> you know, but it, it started to get hard around. There was, so there was this PlayStation cafe I would go to. And everything was great. And I was really just focusing on a day to day, right, to survive. Okay, this this is fine. Tomorrow will be tomorrow. And I had my routine. So PlayStation Cafe was one of my routines. Every Friday night after work, I would go to play Mortal Kombat. Well, I went to one, the one I always go to, and they said, no, women aren't allowed here anymore. And I was like, what? I was here just last week. And they're like, yeah, but there was some, there was a woman and man here last week. They were messing around. And now all women are punished. And I was, I was so wow. mad because that devastated me, right? Why are women punished, but the men can continue to go on? So the next day at work, I was telling everyone, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to protest. I'm going to do this and that. Like, not, not here. here. Not <laughs> here. You want to go home? You want to see your family? Not here. You know, and I was so mad, but it made me remember the beauty of my country because we complain a lot about this country. I mean, I do too, but we have the freedom to speak. We have the freedom to protest. We have the freedom to stand up and say, this is wrong and not worry about us being killed or our family being tortured. We can vote. You know, we can vote. Yeah. Right. And so there's elections, there's free elections. You can go so. to church and I'll get shot on church. the way out. Yep. yep. Well, you well, know. <laughs> for the most part, Yeah, for the most part, for the most part, <laughs> without the crazies. But <laughs> that's, a, I'm glad you brought that up because I really, me and my coworker, Darren, um, we're f- frustrated, I guess, or maybe f- even fed up with people that are just constantly griping and they have no clue. They've yeah. never been out of this country. Mm-hmm. They've never been to, we had never, I'd never been to a third world country. Mm-hmm. We went to Honduras and you talk about people that have zero. I mean, these people yeah. have lived in the mountains for generations mm-hmm. with no water, no, no septic, no electricity. And so we don't have a clue and we don't have a leg to stand on when it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we got nothing to complain about. We really don't. Yeah. Very true. Cause that was, that was an issue over there. Some days I'd have light. Some days I'd have hot water. Some days I had like a little stream of water. You know, sometimes I've had Wi-Fi. It was just uh, every day was, I tried to look at it like every day is a surprise. <laughs> Am I going to have light today? Am I going to have a Those shower? You know, surprises. yeah, they're not, but you just start rolling with it after a while. You're, okay. I'm going to stink today. You know, that's, <laughs> there's no way you're getting around that. It's okay. You know, so that, that was always interesting, but it made, made me appreciate much more yeah. when I came home and I was like, God, this country's great. And their love for this country. A lot of my friends that I would meet, they would ask all kinds of questions. So in America, can you really speak up? And in America, can you do this? And in America, what do you guys do for fun? You know, and they were just so curious about it. You know, I never had, besides the PlayStation Cafe, where all women were punished, you know, I never felt any um, discrimination or hatred. If anything, they would find out I was American, not just a boring Russian, they have a lot of Russians and they're like, yeah, another Russian. <laughs> but when they found out I was American, oh, from where? And do you need help? And oh, my son speaks English. Let me give you his number. And, and okay, for what? In case you need any help. And I would take them up on that and I would need help for like a 
hey, I need to go to the market, but I don't want to get, um, you know, taken advantage of. Right. So can you translate for me and just kind of pretend I'm Russian or whatever we have to do? Or I'll stay silent and point and you translate and they would negotiate because I had to make a thousand dollars last six months. That's all I had. That was the only cash I had wow. because the banks was in Tashkent five hours away. And so I couldn't, couldn't go there. take money. At, yeah, because all this, the, everything was blocked until August. So I had to make that, you know, cash last. And that was how I did it. You know, just constant work and um, getting things. And again, the dollar is stronger there. Yeah. But just again, thinking of those ways. And, and but they were, you know, I, I like to say Mexicans, you know, because my mother's from Mexico. We're, we're very, very hospitable people. Right. You've heard of mi casa, su casa. Mm -hmm. right? We, and we really mean it. But the Uzbeks, they got the gold medal in it. I mean, they, they, <laughs> I told a woman, hey, I like your shirt. Oh, you like my shirt? Okay, hold on. She went and washed it real quick and gave it to me. But it wasn't a shirt. It was an outfit she made that was beautiful. And I was like, no, ma'am. I mean, I don't need, I mean, I don't need it. I now was just saying it was beautiful. It. Yeah, so I never said a compliment ever again. You know, <laughs> I don't like anything. I don't like anything you're wearing or, yeah. But it was, and, and they never... You know, they, they always were helpful. Uh, my roommate got COVID and I had to give him injections, which I've never given anybody injections. I have no training of that. And this, the owner of the store that I would always go to, she, she grew up in a Soviet uh, union. So they're always really badass women, you know, like 40, <laughs> if they're 35 and above. And he goes, go ask the storekeeper. She's so, she was Soviet. And I said, what does that mean? She'll know how to give a needle. And I said, what? So I go over to her and go, Hey, can you help us? I need to give him the, this medicine. Cause he has COVID and he's bad. I had COVID, but it wasn't really bad. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come over. No big deal. She put her mask on. She came, she trained me how to give the injections. And she's like, come get me if you need me. And I said, okay, I might need you. And she's like, okay. And I was like, what are you, superwoman? She's like, no, I grew up in Soviet Union. You know, oh, okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that's what happened in the Soviet Union, you know? So, but it was remarkable that, you know, even when they didn't know what the disease was or they were afraid, no, you're a foreigner. You're not from here. You're afraid. Both of you are trapped. You want to go home. Let me help you because you're in my home. And that's what I felt. And I was like, man, it's it's just amazing. And we would talk about God a lot, too, you know, and just what I like is they always say, assalamu alaikum, you know, and, you know, God be with you. God be, it's always. And that was such a beautiful thing here. We don't we say, hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. Well, who cares about you? What about God? You know, yeah. like, so <laughs> they would always say it. And I thought it was so beautiful that they always said it, you know, and. I don't know. They just, they had a lot of um, just kindness, you know, a lot of kindness. And I mean, there's a lot of judgmental stuff there too. Right. But th th all I found was a lot of kindness. Yeah. So you got back home and. Oh yeah. I got back home and I was shocked. Like, so I was in Los Angeles. Everything was still kind of closed down. People were so afraid, still so afraid. And I was like, man, I've been through the ring for these six months. I <laughs> had water. I haven't had water. <laughs> had to speak with my hands, all kinds of things. Right. So this is nothing, you know? And so when I got back, I was over uh, stimulated. There was just, I'd go to the grocery store, 50, you know, 50 toilet papers, 50 oatmeals, 50, you know, and I thought, oh my God, this is too many options. And I got anxious and I said, you know, I don't feel comfortable or there's so many people and then there's homeless people everywhere in Uzbekistan. There wasn't homeless, even their homeless had like a, a job to do in the society. So I, or they're poor, let's say they're mm -hmm. poor. Um, but I just, it was really kind of just cold. It was like a cold come back to America. And I thought, I don't think I want to live in Los Angeles. I think I'm going back home. So I came to Texas to visit and I saw my family and they're all crazy. There's a lot of them. And so they were all touchy feely and hugging, you know, and making jokes of pictures. I sent, I had sent a picture of me in a factory, one of the places. And my cousin's like, well, I thought you had inherited a sweatshop or something, you know? I said, that's my cousin. That's what she does when she goes overseas. She doesn't just, you know, she, she, and I said, you're crazy. But they were so happy to see me. I said, you know what? I'm going to move back home. I don't know what my next step is, but I just want to be home. And so I moved close to my parents and we were in it and it started to kind of even out. But it took time to really, I really missed them because I built my little village and I had my little store with the Soviet woman. I had, you know, my little PlayStation where I got gender discrimination, you know, <laughs> the, the gym I'd go to, you know, and so, but there were one cool thing too is they knew I loved pools, right? Because I'm from Texas, the heat. So they rented a pool for me when I was there and we all, only the women went swimming, you know, or they knew I liked horses. So guess what? I got to ride the factory horse, you know? So they really tried like, well, you can't go home, but let's try to bring home oh. at least what we have, you know? Yeah. And I come back to LA and people in LA are not like that, they you know? Yeah, they don't care where you are. Matter. Put your mask on screaming and yelling. Hold on a 
this thing out. Hold on, you know. So I, it just it was a rude awakening to come back, and I couldn't wait to get back to Texas where I knew I'd be safer and just with family, familiar, you know, familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, show your your hoodie because Ginger and David are complimenting you Thank on you. your shitty. Thank uh, you, Justin. Thanks for all tuning in as always, brother Joe. Um, I just I, I got to call out everybody that that uh, supports us all the time and and uh, what a great story you know um the fact that you felt distant from them after you got home despite the challenges says a lot about the people you know i, I know this if you've heard the story of marcus luttrell uh he went into this village with a broken back and he asked this family to help him mm-hmm. and they at risk of being killed by the taliban helped him Mm -hmm. because it was their that was their custom and we don't we don't hear a lot about stuff like that you know i mean you were there so yeah you get to tell our listeners that but a lot of people don't don't really understand that they can't you know i mean i never would have thought that you know i would have thought it'd been hostile right and i'd have been scared you know myself too right that's the judgment it is judgment because we don't know any better right yeah right yeah, I was shocked. I really was shocked at just how kind and loving everybody was. And they all kind of came together. Like, oh, they might not have met each other, but they all kind of came over. And, okay, we're going to make, what, what do you need? I needed medicine because um, I have a disorder. And so the medication, I was going to run out of it. And so we went looking, pharmacy hunting from left every single place you could imagine. And we finally found it. And they were like, oh, yeah. And it was like everybody found it that day. Like everybody needed it. We all celebrated. Fourth of July, I bought everyone little, um, there were these things called Snick Pies. They're like a ripoff of Snickers, right? Oh. But it was an ice cream <laughs> and it had the American flag. And so I bought like 200 for the factory workers. And I was like, here, happy 4th of July, happy 4th of July. <laughs> and I made them all listen to like the cheesiest American music. And like, I like this American music, you know, like even that, that what is that song? And I proudly I stand, yeah. I'm proud to be, but I'm proud to be American. Okay, you know? Bring one, yeah. Even though, yeah, I took pictures in the trenches with some of the workers. It was hilarious, but they loved it. Cause they're like, whatever, she's happy and everything's good. And so it was cool because, you know, they wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. And so, but you hear Uzbekistan and you think of Afghanistan mm-hmm. right away all and the stands. all the stands and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're just all, all horrible and this and that. And that's not true. Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan more so. They're just a lot more kind, you know, and they want to be their own culture. So they're afar. They want to be a, apart from Russia, apart from Afghanistan. They want to be associated with Uzbekistan, mm-hmm. you know, and so. Yeah. Would you say that those people respect, because I know like in this country, we've lost um, a sense of personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we could care less about the guy next door as long as we get what we want. Right. Uh, and I know everybody's not like that, but I, yeah. I think that's a general problem with our country right, right. now. Uh, and it doesn't sound like it's that way over there. Not at all. Not at all. It was, you know, if you're suffering, I'm suffering because I, I opened up to them and said, look, I don't have a lot of money because I can't make it to the banks. Oh, OK, well, then come over to at the, the owner of the store. Come over and eat lunch with me every day. And then one of the students at the, the school I was going to teach that I never really got to teach her, come over and I'll feed you. Just teach me a couple words and I'll teach you a couple Uzbek words. So everybody felt like okay, you're here and you really don't want to be, but we're going to try and make it a pleasant experience. So yeah, they, and yeah. And when I got over, everybody messaged me, are you, did you make it? Are you safe? And I was like, yeah, but I miss you guys. It's okay. God will provide. Everything's good. God is good. You're home, you're home, you're home. You know, but everyone was so happy. And I was like, ah, yeah. Well, that's audio's lagging. Yeah, it probably is Mark. I'm not sure. Um, It's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, uh, I try to go you know, answer things as they're popping up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so you got back, mm-hmm. you got to get back into regular life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So I just, I got back, I started working, um, in Austin and yeah, just slowly, but surely, you know, I, I would stay in touch with a lot of my friends and constantly on Instagram or Facebook. So that was great. Or I would send them pictures and that helped. Right. And so, um, but everything, yeah. And everything, kind of, I, I was anxious a lot, you know, and so that was difficult. That was a difficult transition, but again, I was with family, so it, it made me feel calmer, you know? So you didn't have a problem being an anxious person. I think I'm an anxious person most of the time <laughs> I have been all my life, but did you have a problem with anxiety before you went? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought maybe being over there and then coming back to the overstimulation may have, you know, caused some anxieties. Yeah, I had always had them, but but not that constant, you know. So when I was 22, um, I was diagnosed with a disorder and it, a lot of it has to do with anxiety. So I learned how to really manage it with working out and taking proper medication or praying or meditating. And so it wasn't frequent. It wasn't frequent. So to find myself again, kind of at that beginning where I'm like, why am I anxious all the time mm-hmm. was really difficult. Um, but having a routine again, having a job, going to uh, meet my friend or my family, a lot of my family after work or whatever it was really helped. And um, yeah, and that, that, it was good. And so how you were, did you come back to, to San Antonio area or to Kyle to Kyle? Yeah, okay. Kyle so you weren't far area. from here. Mm-mm, not at okay. all. Okay. And, and you, how did you end up at Comal County? Uh, I was working at Hayes County for a while and, um, I really liked helping people because I'd never really, I just made people rich. Like I made people <laughs> more money. Like that's, <laughs> That's great. I like making you rich. Well, let's like, talk about I that later, somebody. okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need some of that. Yeah. But I never helped people, right? I'm right. not again, I'm not medical trained. I'm you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a paramedic, I'm not a nurse, so I'm not gonna help people, right? But when I worked for public health in Hayes, I was like, wow, I'm helping. And I was helping give the, you know, getting the people, um, the paperwork for their shots and weight raising awareness of the COVID vaccine. And I thought this is great. Cause I really feel good about myself right now. And I like helping people. So then there was a position in Comal County and I applied for it and I thought wonderful. And so I've been there ever since. And now I'm in New Braunfels and I met a wonderful husband, you know, mm-hmm. that I didn't know him when I was in Uzbekistan, nor did I dream that I would end up with an American. All my, you know how everyone's, all my exes live in Texas. All my exes are like the United Nations all over the world. You know, they are not in Texas. So when my mom- That's a good thing. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. Keep them far. No. But when my mom met him, she's like, he's American. He's really American. Like American, American. Like green eyes, blonde hair. Green, oh my God. You know, she was just, hallelujah. Finally, I'm like, oh wow, this is like the first date, mom. So, but yeah, I fell in love and I didn't have that planned. And, you know, I did, when I was in Uzbekistan, I did seeing how families were, whether they were poor or not, or had money, they were happy. And I thought, you know what? I'm, I think I'm ready to start a family. Like I need to find a mate. Right. But <laughs> I'm going to start praying towards that. So God, please put a good person in my life. God, please. And so he did. And there now we have is. a beautiful baby. Can't see him, we have a beautiful he's baby. Right off to the side. He's, he's watching. <laughs> he's watching. Um, how so your faith got stronger while you were there Mm -hmm. did you ever come to a situation where um you felt like okay god i need you right now yeah um there was uh an incident with someone remember i told you the military had kind of rolled in and blocked off So I was able to go uh, with my passport and the Russian with the passport to go to the factory because we were saying we're consultants for this factory. Okay. Um, And the driver would translate for us. Uh, But there was an incident. I don't know if the guy was drunk or what, but all these, you know, people with AK-47 yelling words I don't understand were kind of going to swarm him. And I was like, (gasps) so I just, I turned around and I was like, God, just please, whatever you do, like protect me. Do I need a duck? You know, I kind of moved towards the tank to kind of hide a little just in case anything popped out. And, and I just felt, you know, I felt warmth. Like, you know, there's no, just a warmth, right? Like I didn't hear any voices or see a burning bush, but (laughs) I felt warmth, you know? And, and all of a sudden, yeah, they just got the guy, took him in and it was over with and okay, pass, you know, and they just let us pass. Um, but yeah, there were just times where I didn't know, um, how long it would last. And so I just, I definitely work out and pray and just say, you know, God, like, let me, let me help somebody today and just please be with me. Um, and then also I got really sick. Cause just my stomach, I always get sick and maybe the meat wasn't washed. I don't know what, but <laughs> I got, you know, a little, a little, maybe it wasn't problem, beef, you know? Yeah. Maybe it was the beef, you know? So. Did you see any dogs or cats yeah. running around? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
but they uh but so i got sick and i was just laying there and going to the bathroom and just not feeling good and i was like god please just don't let me die here like god <laughs> just please don't let me die here and then my friend came to take care of me and everything was okay but it just there were moments where i would definitely freak out um or or be like am i is this am i ever gonna leave because every month i would get a update okay we we have your flight it's it's updated and it's going to be july 2nd great and then a week before the flight okay your flight's been canceled indefinitely we don't know you know and so every time i would do that i'm like god what is the purpose of this like what am i doing you know if you so when we talk about anxiety i cannot imagine how fearful i would be i mean i would love to say oh you know i i'd be fine because I, I trust God and, and I do, yeah. but my humanness goes, oh, I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine. I, you know, I, I, I did have, so luckily because of technology and everything, I did have like a, a church group of women that I would always talk to in uh, Burbank, California. And they started to do Zoom. They were in live meetings, but then COVID hit. Right. And Zoom. So I was able to log in and then I would talk and say some of the things I was going through and they would be like, wow, that's nothing compared to what we're going through. You know, <laughs> or, you know, I got cancer, but that doesn't sound like anything. You're trapped. You're trapped for God knows how long, you know? Like, okay. Hey, but so, you got toilet paper. But you got toilet paper, but you got toilet paper. So. And I think post edit, I'm going to have to have a picture of that mountain of toilet paper. Yes. Because yes, uh, it hilarious. just fits into the uh, sarcasm, I think, of, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sarcastic about stuff like that. And I, I, I make fun of it all the time. I said, how do we run out of toilet paper for a respiratory virus? But, you know, that's that's us. Yeah, that's it, right. That's you know, us. I remember in San Antonio, I don't know if y'all remember, some years back, somebody was posting that they're running out of gas. Oh, and people went yeah. nuts mm-hmm. and it was nothing. There was nothing, nothing happening. Nothing. Somebody was just inciting a panic yep. and everybody goes and, and gets did. gas because yeah, they it, think it, they were running out of gas. Yeah. And this was on a global scale. This yeah. wasn't just a little, you know, some idiot, you know, oh. at Ingram Mall <laughs> sending texts out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I can't even imagine, uh, <laughs> you know, we're just silly in this yeah. country. We're so yeah, silly. Definitely silly. And privileged. Very privileged. Very. But the praying, even though they were praying to Allah and I was praying to Jesus, it was great because they reminded me to pray. And I swear, I think that's what helped me with my fear. I just didn't know it because I was competing with them. Right. right? I was competing. I just wanted to win. I can pray longer than you. I can pray harder, you know, like so. But I, I think that and just the constant walks and working out truly kind of said, it's OK. You know, just look at it as an adventure. A friend of mine at the group said, look at it like an adventure or they would make jokes like look moses in the group made it for decades right. in the desert you got a house you got sometimes you got water you got toilet you know you got right. things so you're fine you're not walking around the desert Wonder so i would desert. laugh i'm like okay that's a lot better so that helped a lot that weekly and i would i would religiously get on that call because it would be maybe midnight or 2 a.m i don't remember because it's the opposite whatever right. was here but I would jump on it because it would it would help me and remind me like, hey, everything's good. Everything's good. You know? Yeah. I have a question about your fitness. Uh, you said that you're working out while you're over there. Is that something that you already were into before you went over there? Yes. Or is it something that developed while you were there? Yeah. So um, on both sides of my family, we're big. We're big when we get older. So <laughs> when I was 24, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm going to always train and eat right because it seems like I'm going to go this way or this way because the American side go this way, the Mexican go side this way. And I said, I don't want to go either way. I want to stay right where I am. So, um, so I just, I always stayed training and working out and it was great for my mental state, you know, cause some people like anxiety or depression, whatever you fall under, a lot of people, um, want to find just medication, which medication works too. But when you add a clean diet and a clean, um, uh, workout regime, it's amazing how it clears your head. I mean, even when I was pregnant, I was, oh, I was exhausted and being pregnant, you know, and, but I still worked out because why? Mm -hmm. Because I knew it helped my mind more than my body, you know, at the end, but yeah, it's something I've always done. Always loved it. Um, yeah. That's cool because, uh, one of my friends, Brian, he's, he's watching, he's a coach and, uh, he always, uh, we have conversations. We always talk about biblically, how God tells us to take care of our bodies. 
And I'm, I'm the, I call myself the human accordion because I'll lose a hundred pounds and then I'll put 50 back on and then I'll take 70 off and I'll put 20 back on it. And I just keep doing this and, you know, accordion thing. And, you know, our people, we're already predispositioned to have issues, mm -hmm. diabetes, diabetes, heart disease, all these things. You know, I, I went to the doctor one time and he was, he had an intern and she's like, I want you to look at this guy and tell me what you see. And you're not going to hurt his feelings. Just, you know, he knows what we're going to do. And she went down the line, mm -hmm. diabetic, um, morbidly obese, uh, hypertension. I mean, she went through the whole list mm -hmm. and then she get, you know, cause I don't have any of that stuff. I have high <laughs> blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. And so his thing was always, Hey man, you're, your genetics are not going to outlast your habits. Your habits are mm -hmm. going to eventually take over. Yeah. And so I that's think that's true. really cool because uh, a lot of our people need to hear that. A lot of our, you know, our Hispanics, hundred um, you know, it's preventable. A lot of that yeah. stuff's preventable. Stop with the chicharrones and tortillas, right? Put it down <laughs> a little bit. Because And it's hard because it's ingrained. Our family, you know, eat more, eat more, finish this. And calm down, you know, like I don't want any more. And know? you can't go to anybody's house without no, eating. You can't, right. It's very rude. Because you'll insult your yes. grandmother or your yep. aunt or, yep. you know, whoever's mm -hmm. slaving in the, you know, that they have these little tiny slaves making handmade tortillas. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, uh, you have to by default eat, mm -hmm. but, uh, but it's important. Like you said, your body is your temple. And if anything, I saw what COVID did. I saw a lot of people in Uzbekistan, especially if they had any issues, then they'd be in the hospital, whether it was like obesity or diabetes or whatever, mm. right. They'd be in the hospital or sick for a long time. Um, but I didn't, I mean, I got it, but I just couldn't smell or taste and I had nothing else. And the Russian, he was basically dying. I was like, you guys are worthless. America, number one again, you know, because he was like, inject me. I can't breathe. You it, know? Was that competition. Was yeah, yeah, it was that competition. You we were going to win. We won the COVID. Oh, yeah, he was a man, but yeah, but he had had, I think, bronchitis or something like that because he had been in the Chechen war. And so he got this sick thing. So he went on and on. I was like, whatever, weak, whatever. You, you can tell me all these excuses, but I look at you and I say weak, you know, strong, you know, That's a, remember those two words, my friend, you know, but so it was fun, you know, so yeah. Uh, but we have to take care of ourselves because we don't. We just forget, you know. And I think um, I've I put on weight because of my pregnancy, and it's killing me. I mean, these thirty pounds, I just lost nine, and I'm like, God, twenty more to go, you know. But but Jennifer, you got pregnant when you were in your late, I know, thirties, right? You yeah. know, that's to yeah. be able to have a beautiful, healthy baby, right? When you're it's worth it. Well, yeah, yeah. and then it, but. You know, the older we get, the harder it is to take that's weight true. off. That, that's my cousin. She goes, I said, you know, this weight. I tell my cousin, she's very brutally honest. I said, Quinn, you know, this is so hard to put this weight off. And she said, what do you expect? You had a baby at 40. It ain't going to be easy. You know, <laughs> why do you think they have them when they're 20? I was like, all right, all right. Way to keep it real, cousin. Okay, way to I get keep it, it real. <laughs> you know? oh. No, I think it's, uh, I, and I'm actively, you know, in it right now where I really feel like I need, and it was all because our, we went to go see our grandson. And I, I don't know if Connie had told you this story, but you know, when we do zooms all the time with our, with Michael and he knows Connie, mm -hmm. Connie's been there every year. And I always chose to stay and work. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to work. I got to, I can't go. Yeah. And so when Michael, I, it just hit me one day, he was, he was like, he knows who I am, but he knows Connie. Yeah. And I, this guy at work, he's, he's also a, a follower of Christ. And he's like, JR, if you were to die today, what would your grandson say about you? And it, mm. I started thinking like, what would Michael say? Well, he buys stuff and he sends it to the house. And so when I went to go see, we, you know, we mm -hmm. went recently yeah. and just being around him and it just, everything was different after that. And I told her, I said, mm -hmm. listen, first of the year, everything's going to change mm -hmm. and I'm going to go back. Cause I used to, I used to run a lot. I, I was training for a triathlon, which I yes. never got to do. Mm -hmm. uh, dad got sick. And the whole reason I wanted to do the try, I got skinny for dad. Mm -hmm. Cause my dad was a very <laughs> unique individual. And he would say, if you get any fatter, you're not going to fit through the effing door. <laughs> and, and, but that was dad's love, right? That was dad loving me. And, and I took it at that. I never, I never got offended by my dad, but I knew that I was, as I got older, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted him to look at me 
because and I didn't need, you know, I didn't need for him to say, hey, you're doing great. Because he always told me, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. But I, in my, I guess my subconscious, I needed my dad to say, man, you look good, Mijo, you know. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. He got to see me that way. But then, you know, you let it slide because mm-hmm. that's what we do. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really uh, important. If you're listening, it's really important uh, to take care of your body because we only get one. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, I would like to ask you um, if there's anything in your experience or your faith or whatever, your job, anything that you, uh, I usually try to finish off with something that you would, words of wisdom or uh Anything that you feel like, because I always tell Connie, you never know who's listening, who needs to hear something that you're going to say. And you may never meet that person. You may never know, but it's possible to change somebody's life by something that you say. So no pressure though. No yeah, pressure. No, like, well, change the world in a no, statement. No, no <laughs> pressure. No, but I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be uh, something that's really important to you that you would want someone to you know, if they didn't hear anything on this entire podcast, what would what do you would you want for the most important thing for them to know or to hear about you um, or your experience? Doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah. Oh well, I get. Yeah, just or what we were talking about on the topic of try to make a difference. You know, try to help people. It's amazing. Sometimes we get so isolated being Americans. We just stay, like he was saying, we don't get to know our neighbors. And I think in the the Bible, it says, it doesn't say judge thy neighbor. It says, know thy neighbor, right? So whatever they're doing, whether it's they're gay or whatever it may be that somebody may think is not good, that doesn't matter. You just love. Because Mm -hmm. all I know is what I, what I told my Muslim friends over there, Jesus loved. He loved everybody. I didn't see him going around condemning and telling you're you're worthless because of that and you're bad because of that and you're bad. No, I just saw him loving. So I think sometimes if you just open your heart and also open your mind sometimes because you think Uzbekistan and right around uh, right right away you think Taliban or mm-hmm. you know right. they're gonna they're they hate you or they're gonna bomb <laughs> yeah. you. And, you know, and some people had experiences like that in Afghanistan, I'm sure, but but not every country that ends with a stand is like that. Not all people are like that. Maybe not all Afghanis are like that, you know. So I think you just need to open your mind more to to the world instead of just America sometimes and to be kinder to, to individuals to make a difference sometimes because you never know. Um, you could really change, change someone's life because I know those people, they weren't trying to to make a difference, but they made a huge difference in my life, like survival, you know? Right. So you just never know what you're, what you're doing when you're helping someone. It could really change your life. So, yeah. And go visit Uzbekistan. You know, you know? <laughs> I want to go. I want to yeah. go see those people. Not during a pandemic. But not during not. a pandemic. No, yeah. no, no. I wish you drank coffee because I'd want to know what the coffee's like over there. Oh, at that time I did. Did you and really? It is great. It is strong. It's almost like <laughs> Turkish. I mean, really? I was wired. I would drink it in the morning and go run forever. I mean, it, it was, I was, woo, you know, I, love I was anxious, but it was good. To hear about coffee mm-hmm. from the world. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate your time. I know uh, you have a young one, and I appreciate your husband taking y'all's time to come over and visit with us because uh, you have a really neat story. Mm-hmm. And it's very compelling. And I, like I always say, you just never know uh, who's listening to any part of that. Who knows what they're struggling with or whatever that, you know, that somebody could just be like, wow, mm-hmm. I needed to hear that today. And Connie always says it. Sometimes it's just that one kind word that you say to somebody or sometimes it's that one rude thing or unkind thing that you do that really messes with someone Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. miss connie final final thoughts no we really appreciate you coming out it's a long long drive out here and uh uh, out into the sticks (laughs) (laughs) and so we really appreciate it i really enjoyed spending this much time with you i don't think i've ever spent this much time (laughs) with you it's great (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate uh, not just our guest and her husband and my wife, uh, as this is our third episode now as my Mm co-host, and I am really enjoying having Connie. Uh, She's a lot smarter than I am, which is why (laughs) I married her, and um, she brings a lot I think she has more well thought questions than I do. You know, you guys know me. I've been doing this for a while and I'm just pretty much like bulldoze over everything. And, and, uh, and Connie's got such uh, a better 
finesse to her than I ever will. I try, but you know, I'm just, I just, I, I like the, I like the bulldozer. So, um, thank you for everybody who's been on. I thank you for all the comments. Um, you guys are the best. We have great support. Uh, we're going to continue to grow this podcast until God tells me to do something different. And, um, it's never been about me. It's never been about what I'm doing, but I get to share that uh, because God makes it all possible. And so we thank you for your support. We thank you for the support for the business. Um, and um, you guys can catch us here next week at 1900, 7 o'clock for you civilians, uh, God Country Coffee. Again, thank you so much for watching. Uh, love you guys. And um, Hit up the, the new website, please. Uh, give us some feedback and uh, buy coffee. All right. Till next week. Love you. God bless.